I love preaching God's Word. Amen? And uh, my, what a, what a testimony, and I appreciate that very much. Appreciate our young people. I love seeing our young people serve the Lord and uh, did a fine job. Excellent. And, uh, but you know what I, I love so very much? I love our church. I like being a, tar- a part of a church that's thriving. I like being a part of a church that something's happening, something's going on. And uh, it's evident what the Lord's doing around here, and I'm just thankful we get to be a small part of it. Talking to dear brother one day, I said, man, I'm just glad we get to be a small part of it. He said, I'm just glad I get to see it too. And uh, it's, it's exciting just to be a part of what God's doing. And, and I thank the Lord so very much for our church, but most importantly, above anything we do, I just love Him. And uh, I love Him for what He allows me to do. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege. Well, uh, you can go ahead and be turning your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter number 10. And uh, we'll start here in just a moment. We'll pray and go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to meet with us. And I want His will to be done in all things. Dear Heavenly Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your goodness and Your mercy. God, we thank You for Your house. We thank You for the Word of God. Thank You, Lord, for salvation. Thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to stand and proclaim Your Word. God, I realize that I can do nothing without Your touch. Lord, I pray I'd be a conduit, Lord, that You would speak to hearts and lives. God, that someone would see somebody greater than myself. God, that they would see Jesus. Lord, we love You and we thank You. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number 10, verse 12, if you'll look there with me. And let's stand for the reading of God's Word. And uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. All right, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. And of course, we all know that we're living in these perilous times. We understand that our world is becoming more wicked and wicked as the days go by and we're more struggles and more challenges than we've ever seen. And uh, we're surrounded by sin and we're surrounded by the acceptance of sin and uh, the homosexual movement that's filling our world today and the pushing of that agenda and the sin that's coming into our world. We are consumed with more money, more prestige, more this and more that, and the more we have, the happier we think we are. And we're looking more for a prestigious standpoint in life than just the Lord. And then we as God's people find ourselves in that same trap at times. We find ourselves wanting more, looking for more. And then, on the other hand, we're saying, man, I just want to please the Lord. I want to please Him. I want to do what He would have me to do. But yet we struggle to maintain that which the Lord has put in our heart to do. We're challenged to maintain that. And we mean well. We do. We mean well. We talk about say, I'll do that for you. I'll do that for the Lord. And we mean well. Our hearts are not wicked. Our hearts are not saying, I'm going to tell them that way I can drop the ball on them and they won't have any help. No, our hearts are right. We really do want to help. And we want to do for the Lord. But we've never crossed over into to this being. We're still wanting to do, do, do. We'll get our Bible reading schedule out. We'll get a, hear a message on reading God's Word and we'll go get the Bible schedule that's like an accordion. You know, and you fold it out and it's about this long. And we'll check off that we're reading our Bible and we'll, we'll get our paper prayer schedule and we'll, we'll read through our Bible and we'll check off day after day. But then a little bit later, our Bible schedule's a little behind. We'll get our prayer reading calendar and schedule out and we'll read over and we'll read the names to the Lord, help so and so, help us, and we'll read the list. Only in vain repetition. 
We believe that the paper and that that we put in place is helping us to get a little bit closer to God when in fact there's no change on the inside. There's nothing taking place inside. We fix our dress, we fix our talk and our attitude and we get everything in line to look like what the Lord wants us to do. And yet, just a few weeks go by and we find ourselves right back where we were. Except this time we're frustrated. This time we're discouraged. This time we're defeated. And we're right back where we started from. You want to meet somebody that's prone to get focused on paper and planning? Met them. <laughs> I, man, I get excited. And I hit the ground running. If something new starting, just like everybody else. If something new comes in, we get excited. And we're looking forward to it. And we start playing. We start thinking. The wheels start turning. And we start jotting down. We want to plan. And we get this form and this in line. Just to miss the fact that we need the power of a holy God. And we need Him. More than we need any form, more than we need any organization. I told the preacher the other day, I feel like I'm in driver's ed for the ministry. Except it's ministry ed. I, you know, you're in driver's ed and I've and, uh, been interning now for two years and it's just about over, but I really feel like we just got started. <laughs> and uh, I'm behind the wheel and I'm driving, but, and, I'm under, and I think I've got it under control. I think it's going great. I'm between the line. And the man next door, which is the preacher, he's in the passenger, he's got his clipboard. Now, son, you need to do this. This is going to help you. I thank God for the intern program. It's helped me tremendously. But you got the man of God sitting there and he's got that brake pedal in the floorboard. And you're excited and you're gun ho and you're getting ready to jump in. You, you say, preach with you. Brakes. And, and you know what? Nobody likes a passenger seat driver. But I'm thankful for what God does. And, and we, we begin to get excited. And with the reason that is we can see something happen yes. with that paper. And the preacher helped me with that, amen? We see something happening where when we're trusting the Lord, it's hard to see that sometimes. It's a challenge to step back and say, okay, here's the key. We're missing the basics. We're missing the basics. What's the most amazing thing, though, is just in my regular Bible reading, the Lord has so helped my life with things I'm struggling with and a reminder. And I'll come across just reading God's Word. I don't have to dig for it. I don't have to search for it. It's amazing. God just speaks right when it's needed. If we just get in His book and follow what He has. As long as we try to compensate our lack of relationship with Christ with tasks and doing, we will always struggle. As long as we try to compensate our lack of a relationship with Jesus Christ, we will always struggle when we try to fill that with tasks. I want to preach for just a few minutes on this idea of reviewing the requirements. Reviewing the requirements. So when we're in our own strength, as preachers referenced at prayer with our bus ministry, we try it with our own strength trying to make it work. Boy, when the Lord does it, it's sweet. Amen? It's precious. And just what we talked about this morning, you get to sit back and see a holy God just run with it. And you just get to watch and be a small part of it. That's a blessing. Amen. And when we try this in our own strength, we get wore out, we get defeated, and we get discouraged. And the Lord comes by and says, all right, now I'll, I'll take the glory. I'll take the reins. And we can't handle the test when we try to do it in our own. You know, I was a little discouraged today with the... And I'm talking about the bus ministry. That's, that's what's happening. That's what today was for me. And, but I was a little discouraged that we was going to have to run the van. But we had the biggest day yet because God's in the middle of it. Had the biggest day because God's in the middle of it. It's not about a bus. It's not about us. It's all about Him. And God's right in the middle of it. And it's exciting to be a part of it. But first of all, let's look at that first requirement. So what's the Lord require? You know, when we're in school, and I hated school, all the way through Bible college, hated it all, and because I hated papers and writing stuff. But I always remember, your teacher stand up and say, all right, we're going to write a paper. And everybody goes, oh. 
You know, and you hear, hear that, that just sigh of discouragement comes out of the cross. And you're listening and you're waiting and you're just hoping maybe, oh, just one page. Just one page. She said, it needs to be five pages, front and back, college world, one inch margins, Roman, 12 point font. And you know you can't get away with 14 point because she's already told you it had to be 12 and you're more discouraged than you were when you started. But there's requirements in place for it to be done right. And the Lord's got that same requirements for us. The first requirement is the fear of the Lord. Fear the Lord. And now, is there what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord? We've lost our fear. We've lost our fear as a nation. We've lost our fear as the lost world. We've lost our fear as God's people. We as God's people do not have a fear of God that we should be carrying into a world day in and day out. We've lost our fear of a holy God, a sovereign God, an omnipotent God, an omniscient God, an omnipresent God, and a jealous God. So we lost our fear of a wonderful and powerful, magnificent God in every, way, every part of our life. Fear is not about what we do. Fear is not us cowarding in the corner. Fear is start, Fear starts in our heart. Fear is a reverential trust. It's sitting back and saying, God, I trust you. It is that fear of saying, I revere you enough to say, you take full reign, God. You run the show and I'll just sit back and hang on. And it's great. That fear of God. Deuteronomy 5.29 Oh, that they were such and hard in them that they would fear me. Notice the first thing mentioned was not the fear. The first thing mentioned was the heart. He said, oh, that there was such a heart in them. Not oh, that they feared me. Oh, there was such a heart in them. So when we get the first thing right, our heart. When we get God in His rightful place out of a fear and that reverential trust, Everything else will take, will fall right in place. When God has that full first place in our life, we won't struggle. When we fear the Lord when He's first, our talk will change. Our walk will change. Our attitude. Everything we do will, will come based on the fact that we fear God and we fear Him enough. We give Him that reverential place in our life to be first. When we fear God, we won't have to preach standards anymore. Because You'll understand when God says, hey, that's not working. Hey, that's not working. You won't need anybody to tell you it's not working because you're giving God that full reign in your life. That's not working. If we really feared God, we wouldn't haphazardly come to His house. Hey, if we feared God, we'd be here when the doors were open, every time the doors were open. If we really feared a holy and sovereign God that you say you believe in, if you really feared Him, you'd be here. Day in and day out and you'd be in your place. There wouldn't be anything else that could take that place if you had a full reverence, trust in Jesus Christ. And that's about to be tried as vacation time comes up. We're, we're there. If we really fear the holy God, nothing would take His place. And that goes for the young and old alike. Everybody here, if we really fear the holy God. We wouldn't haphazardly walk in angry and sideways with our brothers and sisters in Christ if we were reviewing the requirement of fearing a holy God. If we really fear God, we wouldn't slander against the house of God. We wouldn't slander against the man of God. You that slander against the man of God, I fear for you because I've read in the Bible about the bears coming out and taking care of some folks. I don't know about you, but I just want to stand behind my man of God. I want to fear my God enough that I get under His man and support Him because He needs it. He doesn't need you slandering what He's doing. We need to support the man of God. By so supporting the man of God, we stand behind a holy God because that's God's man. And God placed him here. Got to fear a holy God. 
It's time we get back to the basics of fearing the Lord. Say, so the fear of the Lord has so much to offer. I know we act like it's a scary thing, but Psalms 115.11, you that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. When we fear the Lord and we trust in Him, He's our help and our shield. We're under attack. The devil's attacking us every which way, whether it's loss of a loved one, it's finances, and yet we run around and we're confused when Jesus Christ says, I'll be your shield. I'll be your help if you'll allow me. And we run and we miss out because He does not have that reverential place in our life. We struggle through life missing out on an awesome shield. Psalms 115.13 He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and and great. Say, well, I'm not big. Hey, if we fear and revere the Lord, God sees you. And God says He'll bless you. And we're missing out on the blessings of the Holy God. We know what God's Word says, but we try to do it our way. And then we get upset when God doesn't bless. We get sideways when God doesn't bless us because He doesn't have that place in our life. So we fear the Lord and put Him first. Your tithe won't be a question. Your giving to missions won't be a question. Your love offering won't be a question because God's right in place. Everything else will fall right in place. We ought to fear the Lord. But number two, we ought to walk in all His ways. Proverbs 3, 5-6 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Notice the two words, His ways. If there's anything we as God's people are struggling with, we're hung up on our ways. We're hung up on the ways we think it ought to be done. We're hung up on tradition. Well, so-and-so did it this way. It went this way. And we're hung up there instead of just saying, God, what's your way? We need to get back to God's way. Say, well, my ways are His ways. No, no, wrong. The Bible makes it clear for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. What we've got to understand, our ways are not going to line up with the Holy God. They never will. He didn't say, if you get yours way, they'll be my way. No, no. He said, your ways are not my ways. Left no room for the option for them ever to get lined up right. It's not, that's not what we're getting to. God made that very clear. The goal is to get in His ways. That's our goal. His ways. And the goal is that we would junk our thinking and go with God. The goal is that we would move us out of the equation. The key is we have nothing to do with the equation. The key is our way never plays into a part of what God wants to do. That's the key. The key is that we give God the preeminence. Colossians 1.18 And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. We need to get back to God's ways. When we get, get back to God's ways, we won't have to struggle with right or wrong. Get back to God's ways. If we, if we're really, if we genuinely junk our ways and we're really interested in getting in His ways, and we're in His way, then you're going to be in the right way. It won't be a question of right and wrong. You won't struggle. You'll be right where God wants you to be. Question, what if God's way means a struggle for your life? What if God's way is a lion's den as it was for Daniel? What if God's way is a struggle like it was for the three Hebrew children when they stood before the king, went and bowed to the statue, and they stood, and don't you love what they said? If it be so, our God is able to deliver us. But if not, it's all right. Are we really there? Can we really say that no matter what, the fiery furnace, God's able. Never question the ability of a holy God, but to step back and say, but if He chooses not to, He's still God. If He never touches us again, He's still God. Are we really there? That's His way. 
See, that was God's way for those three Hebrew children. That was God's way for them. Man, when we ever be challenged, just say, whatever you want, Lord, your way. What if God's way is not what you expected? What if God's way is not what you expected? What if God's way is a terminal illness, a disease? What if it's a death of a loved one? What if God's way is any of that that we all struggle with? What if that's really God's way? So if we determine now to walk in God's way, we're reviewing the requirements, and we determine now to walk in God's way so when those struggles come, and we're standing before the fiery furnace, if so, He's able. If not, we're still going in His way. God's way. We ought to fear the Lord. We ought to walk in all His ways. Number three, we ought to love Him. Deuteronomy 6, 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You know what the Lord wants? He wants us to love Him. He just wants us to love Him. Love Him. And you know what? We all want to be loved. I don't care what anybody says. We all want to be loved. I'll tell you, I'm going to, be, I'm going to give you my personal story here. And I shared this with my Sunday school this morning. And, uh, but just a few weeks ago, we, bus ministry, we were excited about what God was doing and getting ready for it to start and planning and, and, uh, and getting things in order for that. And one Saturday morning, preacher and I used to have a set meeting at 10 o'clock and one Saturday that had been altered and he called me. He said, son, do you have anything you need to tell me? Anything we need to talk about? I think I had something and I think I mentioned it to him. And he said, well, I have one thing that I wanted to share with you. And that's it. I said, okay, preacher. So we're on the phone and this probably one phone call gave me one of the greatest things in my life that I'm enjoying weeks later. He told me, he said, in all the busyness as we plan and we prepare, Let's not forget our walk with God. Now, I've tried preaching on a walk with God before. Probably done a pretty horrible job at it. Because honestly, if you walked up and said, what's a walk with God? I probably said, I don't know, you read your Bible, have a relationship with Jesus? But the preacher answered a question for me that day. He said, and maybe my phone cut out because I had poor signal, but I heard these words. He said, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. At that time, the preparation didn't matter anymore. Anything that's going on in my life didn't matter anymore. I just purposed. I wanted the Lord to know that I loved Him. I want the Lord to know at the end of the day, I love Him. Now, let me tell you something else. And God reminded me this morning, I was frustrated about the bus. Frustrated. But God, this morning, I have prayed that since the ministry started, I told God, and when I was praying about the bus ministry, my prayer went something like this. I said, God, bus... Or no bus, I love you. And this morning as I was getting ready, God said, bus or no bus, do you love me? I love him tonight, amen? I love him with all my heart. We had the biggest day we ever had so far in the bus because it's God. It's not me, it's not you, it's him. I love him. You know what? I, I had a ball on the vein with those kids today. I love him. When it's all said and done, I love him. That's what God wants. He just wants us to love him. If we can get back to loving Jesus like we ought to love Jesus. Everything else take care of itself. Loving Jesus. We ought to fear the Lord. We ought to walk in all His ways. We ought to love Him. Number four, we ought to serve the Lord. Our service to the Lord will be greatly determined by our love to Him. Your service to the Lord will be determined by how much you love the Lord. 
Our service to the Lord will greatly be determined by us walking in His ways. When you love something or you love somebody, you do for them. And you'll move heaven and earth to do for that somebody. And most of you parents here will move heaven and earth to help your child because you love them. But yet a holy God that died on the cross for us, that we say we love, we never do for them. Our service will be determined by our love for Jesus Christ. Our service to a holy God. But may I tell you, it does not start with the doing. Notice the servant is at the end of the verse. God, God put that at the end. He said, fear the Lord thy God to walk in all His ways and to love Him and then serve Him. Oh, God wants our service. But before He wants our service, He wants our heart. He wants our love for Him. See, here's where so many of us get called up. We are trying to do to satisfy the love we're missing in our life. We're trying to serve the Lord without first loving Him. We come to church hoping that that's going to help us love the Lord. I believe we all come because we love Him. But it all goes back to the fact that we love Him. We try to read our Bible. We try to pray. And we try to, we try to mechanic, put all the mechanics in place of what we think is going to develop a good love relationship with Jesus Christ only to get discouraged. And we try to do that through what we're doing instead of just who we are. And saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a, king of the, I'm a child of the King. Hey, I'm saved. I'm born again. Jesus Christ has a home in heaven for me. I love Him today. And our service will be greatly determined by that. Instead, we should love Him. If you ever see Jesus, if you ever see Him, you'll love Him. You ever really get your eyes on Him? You know, this morning's lesson was about how precious Jesus was. If you ever remember just how precious Jesus was the day He saved you, your service won't be a question. We struggle to serve the Lord because our love for Him is lacking. Fear the Lord. Walk in all His ways. Love Him. Serve Him. So what's the value of all this? Where does the value come into play for all of this? And I'm, I'm just about done here. Deuteronomy 10, 13. To keep the commandments of the Lord and His statute, which I command thee this day, for thy good. And then back in chapter 5, God references this again. But He takes it one step further. He says that, Oh, that there were such and hard in them that they would fear Me, keep all My commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. What's the value? is if we don't love the Lord today, then the generation coming behind us won't love the Lord tomorrow. The value is in your good, the Bible says. But a greater value, if we get off of ourselves, the greater value we'll all agree is the next generation coming up and saying, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because I had an example before me that loved the Lord. I love the Lord because somebody showed me a love for Jesus Christ. What we've got to understand, each generation will be a little bit less and a little bit weaker in standards, in convictions, in beliefs than the generation before. It'll weaken a little bit. That's why it's important today that we still stand on the King James Bible. We still stand with the good old-fashioned music because the next generation needs to know that we love the Lord. And what bothers me is not for ourselves, but how quickly we sell out the Lord. How quickly we'll not be at church on a Sunday night for this or for that or this or that. And it's not just you, it's your children and the next generation coming up behind us. Now, reviewing the requirements. We understand the value, the importance of it. Reviewing the requirements. We go back and we know in school they, they, they told us, you sit there and you hope for a wide-ruled paper because that takes up less rhyme. They say college rules. 
And you know how many words it has to be. And you know all the requirements. And God puts here, He says, you know, I want you to um, fear me. I want you to walk in my ways. I want you to love me. I want you to serve me. But He does not stop there. The Lord does not stop with just saying, just love me, serve me, walk in my ways, fear me. I want you to notice what He says. A-L-L. All. All thy heart. We give our hearts to the things we love. You put on display your heart by your actions and what you do with the things that you love. We give our hearts to things we love. The problem without trying to serve God is that He doesn't have our whole heart. If we get real honest, somewhere inside you've got a small reserve. So God says, all your heart. And what we've done, we've got a small little corner that's reserved in case it doesn't work out. A small reservation just in case it doesn't work out. We don't have that fear, that reverential trust. We've got that reserve in our heart. God doesn't have it all. He says, all thy soul. What we reason and what we think. God wants our thinking. He wants our reason. He wants it all given to Him. He wants our service. God wants our all. If we could get back to reviewing the requirements of just loving Him. I love this. No reserves. No retreats. No regrets. Reviewing the requirements.